Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm not here for drama. If you want to do that, go find the else. Wait, you're being disrespectful. You are my friend. No matter what, you don't talk the way to me or him, ever. You're supposed to be my friend. My my friend, my soulmate, my sister. Get out of that way. That means you have respect for the man I love. I would, I would never speak that way to Eddie. You're quite ever. He said I would never speak that way to Eddie. You be quiet now. Because that's what everybody's always scared of you. I'm not scared of you. I love this man. I don't even know if it's fair to call what just happened a bad bitch quote of the week, but the screeching you just heard belongs to none other than Victoria Steinmetz, Wolfsmith, Gunvalson, Future Lodge, and Tamara Waddle, Veith, Barney, Judge. Wow. It was announced back to back, one day after the another, that the two foremost uh, leading ladies of the Real Housewives of Orange County decided to, well, they're both gone from the franchise. Whether or not they decided to do that or not remains to be seen. Well, actually, it doesn't because it's been reported that um, Vicky was basically fired altogether nor, or not asked to come back and that Tamara was offered a um, friend of spot that she rejected. Now, <laughs> does anybody find it shocking that Tamara who said year after year, season after season, that she would be happy to leave the show if her daughter, who made it completely clear that she did not want to talk to her, talk about her on the show, um, if her daughter asked her to leave, oh, I'll leave in a second. Oh, okay, but you can't take the heat of 
being demoted to a friend of and now you want to leave. Okay, well, good luck with Cut Fitness. Good luck with Kodo Insurance, you guys. I am so relieved. I'm so happy. I, you know, like God is a woman and she came through in ways that I never imagined. There's an old black saying from a a gospel song, and he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. And that is exactly what's happening here. You guys, I am so happy. Um, It's being reported that Shannon was um, the second woman housewife to get a, um, a contract. I believe Kelly Dodd was the first one. Um, And I just, I'm shocked. Apparently, Vicky has now um, unfollowed everybody um, from the cast except for Tamara. That includes Shannon. Um, that includes Bravo. That includes Andy. Things have gotten spicy. Bronwyn included. And by the way, you guys, have you guys heard? If you guys don't listen to Watch What Crappens, it is, and, and you're a fan of Orange County, it is paramount that you listen to this clip. The episode is from the last crappy Watch What Happens crappy awards. Um, Bronwyn came on and gave a, gave out an award, but in the interim, people were booing Tamara. And this only happened a couple weeks ago. Bronwyn was clearly drunk and she was defending Tamara in the most white woman way you could ever imagine, screaming at people to shut the fuck up and talk about how great Tamara was and how Tamara was so supportive of her and getting on the show and like dealing with all the press and, you know, the celebrity that comes with being on the show and how great Tamara is and how they're such good friends and they talk all the time. Well, the times and the stories, they be changing. And I just think it's so funny that like Bronwyn really stuck her neck out there and straight up embarrassed herself for a woman who untrended her on Instagram. So what is to come for the future of the franchise? Like I said before, I have no problem if they want to leave and not even make a single announcement about it. I am more than okay with that. But it's being reported that I guess Kelly will kind of be the head, that Shannon is kind of on the outs with the other girls because she was part of the infamous Trace Amigas with um, Tamara and Vicky. And so she's going to be sort of on the outs, which I'm here for. Um, if you guys haven't listened to Bravo Happy Hour, um, I was on that a couple weeks ago with Megan O'Donnell and she's incredible. And we were talking about this and I said the key to bringing down... I wanted Tamara out, and the key to bringing down Tamara, in my opinion, was to have Shannon turn on Tamara. So I'm really interested interested in seeing how Shannon deals with the group um, now not having her basically sorority surrounding her and all of that. I'm, I'm really interested. I'm invested. Um, so yeah, I, I think this might be a really good move for us. Um, and I'm interested in seeing if the big cuts happen in other franchises. If they do it to New York, I'm going to be really mad. Do not let a single one of those pill-popping, wine-drinking ladies go. Don't do it, Andy. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Okay, so this week... Um, uh, we, I'm going to be recapping Love After Lockup and Married at First Sight. It's an admittedly a little bit of short episode this week, but I will be back later to um, recap 90 Day Fiance. Tonight is the Grammys. Um, as we all know right now, 
you know, I, I don't really want to like capitalize on such a tragic situation, but, um, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. I just, I am absolutely shocked at his passing. I am heartbroken that his daughter was there. Um, we still don't know all the details. Apparently it's gone from now five people in the helicopter to nine people. And they've only, um, publicly identified three of them. Another one was a uh, gentleman who was a uh, coach, a baseball coach in Orange County. Um, He's believed to be a father of one of the girls that, excuse me, that Gigi Bryant um, was playing basketball with. This is just so sad. And I know that there's a lot of nuance to Kobe, a lot of things that we could say about him, but I, I mean, to say that this wasn't a shocking event is a lie. I'm truly shocked. And I, I'm, I don't, I don't know what else to say. With that being said, here's a little bit of levity. <laughs> if you guys want to continue to listen to this, here you go. Y'all, I thought Married at First Sight was going to be so boring this week, but they really came in with a fire at the end. I was loving it. The drama was everything. Um, so, I mean, basically this episode was pretty standard as far as Married at First Sight goes. It was basically just, um, you know, honeymoon or, you know, like the first night, the will they, won't they, of whether or not they're going to have sex on the first night, um, waking up the first day, finding out where you're going to go for your honeymoon and yeah, just all that thing, packing up and getting ready to go. So the couples, I'm just going to get straight to it. None of the couples had sex on the wedding night. And there was a lot of, you know, like, oh, I just want to be respectful. I just want to see where things go. I'm really attracted to them, but blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, no, nobody smashed. Not even Katie and Derek, which was surprising because <clears throat> as Katie was getting, well, I guess maybe it wasn't surprising because as Katie and Derek were getting ready to go to bed. Derek was like undoing her like elaborate hair jewelry. And she asked, uh, what her friends told him. And we get a cut back to queen Caitlin, Katie's friend, uh, saying that he needs to like bring the fire and all that that entails, you know, tending to her orally and, and otherwise. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that was really it. Brandon and Taylor, Brandon gave, um, Taylor Tiffany Tiffany necklace said Mrs. Reed and that was cute she thought that was really nice um they talked all night long but yeah didn't have sex Jessica and Austin are like so awkward (laughs) but it, it seems like they're really embracing the fact that they're awkward at least Jessica seems to um I I'm curious about what Austin really feels about Jessica because we remember that Jessica was nervous about him being basically what he was. She says she's attracted to guys with dark hair and beards and he is uh, blonde hair, greasy, acne. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on. But she seems to be really into him and I am not totally feeling it on the other end. Um, yeah, Mika and Michael, he, she asked him to dress, she asked him to help her like undo her dress and at first he was like, no. Like, he was not going to do it. But she's like, I need help to get out of my dress. So finally he did it. Um, Michael has being weird this whole episode. And we can get back to 
that later. Um, Mindy and Zach, another couple that we're going to get back to later, he carries her to the bed. Um, as they're changing, I noticed that Zach had not one, but two tribal tattoos, one between his shoulder blades on like his upper back, like right below his neck. And then another one, um, on his chest. So that's strike two for me with Zach strike one being the Warby Parker, uh, glasses, because I just don't feel like they're, uh, I just feel like he's, he's trying to put on airs here. Uh, I gotta say he does not seem into her, uh, at all. Uh, then let's see what happens after that. The couples, well, not the couples, but the individuals meeting with the opposite, family members. So Austin met with Jessica's parents and family. Um, Zach met with Mindy's sister and friend and they are, Mindy's friends are being like really protective of her. Like the kind of friends that you would want to have in this situation saying that, you know, like, is he basically said like, I did my Googles. I know that you, in addition to fitness training, do modeling, or is this something that you were feeling like you could take advantage of, like having this platform? Would it give you more clients and stuff? And like, also, how do you deal with attractive clients? How do you deal with those temptations? And, you know, she said he answered the questions all the right way. Um, he did say that, like, you know, he tries to keep professional and that, like, the modeling thing was you know, there's, he's not trying to gain anything but from being on the show. And her friend says, you know, like he's saying all the right things, but I don't know him. It could just be basically bullshit or, you know, hopefully he's being sincere. And I mean, these conversations with the family and friends were pretty boring. Um, we did have Derek meet up with Katie's family and he was really lovely. And he took Der- uh, Katie's father aside, Dante and asked him for, you know, like his blessing with the marriage and, you know, Dante, I love Dante. I'm, <laughs> if we could have him be like a side character on the show, I would, I would be better for it. But, um, so yeah, I mean, that was a nice moment. Katie was really touched by him doing that and said, you know, like I can, even in the short time that we've known each other, I think it's been very clear how important my father is in my life. So, you know, it really means a lot to me that you would do that. And she's, like start to tear up a little bit. So things seem to be going really well. I mean, Derek, Derek is doing pretty much everything right. Everything that, uh, you know, 25, 26 year old girl could ever possibly ask for. So I am wary because it feels like a little too perfect. I just wonder like what things are going to happen when things really get real. So they all find out that they're going to Panama for their honeymoon and everybody's like really excited. They always go to like a beach location. I think this is probably the farthest that they've ever been. Usually they go to like Mexico and the Bahamas and Jamaica and stuff. Um, so all the couples are there. It also happens to be Katie's 26th birthday. Um, all the couples meet up at the hotel. They're staying at the W and, uh, two people, Derek and, Mindy both mentioned how Michael and Mika didn't seem interested in each other at all. Like all the, you know, they were all excited to see each other as couples, but like they just weren't feeling the vibes between them at all. So we find out it, we see a conversation between Michael and Mika where Mika says that 
while they were on the plane to Panama that Michael told her that if they didn't have sex during the honeymoon, that like he wasn't interested in continuing with the marriage. And she's like, God bless her. Another 25 year old bad bitch. She's and he's 31. She has no problem confronting him and is like, I like you're putting me in a really weird situation because you say all these right things. You said that to me and my family members and we get a flashback of him talking to her family about like, I'm going to let her take the wheel in terms of intimacy. Like that's really up to her. I'm going to be a gentleman. She said, you, you're saying all these things to me and my family, but then you say that to me on the plane. And I'm just like wondering if you said all the right things to the experts, because me, maybe we wouldn't have even been matched if you had been like you, the person you were on the plane, the things that you said, he is stone face. He's got like his fist balled up under his chin. Like he's not saying anything. He's not making eye contact with her at all. He's basically looking down the whole time. And she is like, you know, how do you expect me to be vulnerable with you when you act one way on camera and you act completely another way off camera? And then she goes, he said he felt like he had been honest and that he basically wanted to know about what was going to go on with their intimacy earlier in the thing. He's like, well, cause if we make it to month two and there's still nothing going on, then there's going to be what he said. Another, this is going to cause another set of problems. And then he says he's sorry and then he wants to do better and that like he's striving to be better every day and like that's his goal, blah, blah, blah. She pushes back. Thank God we're not getting another Amber and Matt situation where he's allowed to just like mumble about like, oh, I'm sorry. And then she feels like they've, they're closer than ever. Mika fortunately pushes back and says, um, she's like, okay, but did you say that? Like she wants him to admit that that is the thing that he said to her on the plane and he will not admit it. And you could tell that she's so aggravated because he said no once, not once, but twice. And then he's like, well, I'll just give you the room for the night and we can talk tomorrow. And then the end of them, we see them talk. He's talking to a camera. He's gone to another room and he says that, um, that he never said what he said, what she claims he said on the plane. And that, the reason why they're having a miscommunication is because he's direct. Boy, what? <laughs> what in the history of, of you being direct and open and honest cause a miscommunication? That's the whole point is for it to not do that. Now, do I think that maybe he felt like he said one thing and she heard another? Absolutely. I think... He probably, I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but I think maybe what he was trying to say was like, I, I think maybe what he was trying to say is like, if it doesn't happen, then, then I'm going to be concerned about it not happening in the future. But it's quite another thing to say that if you don't have sex with me during the honeymoon, that like, 
I am not interested in moving forward. Like this is very, two very different things. And I just think that is an exceptionally weird thing to say and to put on somebody like that. I just think it's very weird. It's really weird. And honestly, I believe he did say that because as she was talking, like he didn't argue with her at all. Like he did not say, no, I didn't say that. Like he let her say everything and he didn't fight her back on her at all, really. But he didn't even like say like, no, I didn't say that until she point blank asked him. And I wonder what he would have said if she had just like, if she had not if he would have tried to defend himself at all or what, I don't know, but I'm feeling bad because I think I said last week or two weeks ago that I was feeling really hopeful about them and I thought that they might be the best match, but it's turning out to not be the case. Now, what I was right about, unfortunately, is Mindy and Zach. I told y'all that while I think Mindy is attractive, I think she is a particular type of attractive that is not going to be attractive to Zach. And that turns out to be the case because we see her trying so hard, giggling, being really nice. And like, he's not really saying a word. The producers and the editors aren't really making a big deal of it, but it's like, she keeps talking, talking, talking. It's not like she's being talkative or like obnoxious, but he's just like, mm. like he's just not really giving her anything. And it seems like she's trying to like overcompensate for that. So as they're going to the hotel or they're going to the airport for Panama, we get strike number three is that he puts on this gigantic American horror story, coven hat. And I knew he was a witch. I told you, I knew this man was cursed. So day two, finally, cause I'm like screaming at the, TV like why is she not seeing that he is not interested in her day two we finally get it she it starts sinking into her and she tells the camera like she starts by telling him but she tells the camera like you know I, I saw the couples at the hotel and everybody was doing like really coupley things the men were helping with luggage and blah 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 and he's just treating me like a friend and she's like I guess I can't expect She's trying to lower her expectations, but she's obviously very disappointed. She's like, I can't expect this thing to happen quickly. And I can't be upset that he just wants to like build a foundation of being friends first, but it does make me feel kind of lousy. Um, so she brings it up to him as he's like washing his face and he says, you know, basically everybody's on their own path. And like some people, it is just very natural for them to like go right into all of that, like lovey dovey boyfriend, girlfriend, or, you know, coupley intimacy, but they're just like on their own path and that he's happy with where they are. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. <sighs> I mean, yeah, but no. Okay, so then it cuts to later in the episode where we see Mindy in the hallway. So now we've got two people who have been forced or kicked out of their their hotel rooms. And we're not even like three hours into the honeymoon. So we get like cell phone footage of Mindy walking in the hallway. And she's saying, I don't want to go back in the room because he told me, Quote, I'm not building any kind of attraction to you. And what do you want to do about that? As in, not like, not like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm not attracted to you. What do you want me to do? Like, it was literally like, how do we move forward with this? And so she says, well, naturally, like, well, I guess this isn't going to work out. Which I think is a completely fair assumption to make. Like, I was thinking... Would you rather have somebody tell you to their face that they don't like you as a person or that they are not attracted to you? And I think I would rather somebody tell me that they don't like me as a person, not because I'm like conceited about my looks, but it's because I think it's so unnecessary to tell somebody that you're not attracted to them. Right? Like, I, if somebody tells me that they don't like me, then I can probably, I can pretty much expect that because more than likely something has happened to make you not like me. And so I can expect that. And I can expect to not be everybody's favorite person. Check my reviews. That, that's true. And I can expect to not have everybody be attracted to me, but it just seems really unnecessary to tell somebody that you're not into them physically because what do you want them to do like there's nothing they can do about that you can't force attraction you can't you know it just seems like a really egregiously unkind thing to say so anyway like I said she says well you know I guess this isn't gonna work out and he tells her well that isn't the response I was hoping for (laughs) well what (laughs) Mindy and I both made the same face which I think was like one part of that like the meme of the lady from the telenovela who's like confused and looking out at math equations one part of uh I'm ready to get the fuck ASAP (laughs) and another part of like pardon me like what how do you if somebody tells me that I'm not attractive to them, 
isn't that the end of the story? Like, what am I supposed to do about that? Like, <laughs> I, for him to say, like, that wasn't the the response that I was hoping for, it, it's just, like, maddening and so confusing. So her face and neck are bright red, but she says she's not pissed. She says she's not angry. I can tell that she feels more like <laughs> this is kind of a surreal situation. And, like, who did I marry? What did I put myself into? Um, in the previews for the next episode, however, we do see a quick scene of them uh, drinking champagne on a picnic blanket and Mindy saying that she's feeling a little bit more excited about their future. And I think that's very strange. And then we also see a clip of... Brandon and Taylor, like, kind of getting into it, but I have a feeling it's one of those things where, like, it's just, like, a very minor thing that's, like, you know, hyped up by, like, dramatic music, but it's really not going to be that big a deal. Or the texture or the, uh, what is being said or taken out of context. But we also get an update. It just seems like Mika and Michael are not doing well still, and we see a scene of them at a group dinner and Mika starts to cry and says like, I didn't expect this to happen. And then she walks off. So I'm really excited to see what happens. Um, yeah, I think Mika's really got to get out of there. I think that her instincts are completely right. I think that Michael presented himself to the experts as somebody completely different. He said all the right things to get in there, and now she's stuck with this monster. And I really hope that we get to the bottom of like whether or not he actually said that on the airplane because... Yeah, I just feel like his explanation wasn't good enough or convincing enough for me. And I really appreciate her holding his hand to the fire and saying, you know, and, and I, it's worth mentioning earlier that like when she went to, um, breakfast with his family members that they said, you know, when he gets pushed, he really retreats into himself and he kind of shuts down. So you have to be sure to like foster that. And they did have a conversation where she says, you know, I do have a tendency to push, so I will watch that. However, it's important that you not shut down in our relationship and that we try to have, we, we set the standard for good communication. And he is like kind of down to it, but you kind of see him retreating even then, but he agrees to it. So I think that Michael might be the villain of the season, you guys. And I would love to see a spinoff of Married at First Sight where they get like a second chances. Has this happened on the other spinoffs before? Let me know. Like, I would wonder if any of the former people are, would be interested in doing the experiments again. I, I don't know. Well, that was it for Married at First Sight. Like it truly, it was like an hour and a half of some boring, boring stuff, but it really heated up at the end. So yeah, I'll be back with that next week. All right, back with another Love After Lockup recap. <sighs> you guys, episodes are getting a little bit boring, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. I'm going to start with Brittany and Marcelino. Um, they are getting ready to, well, they're talking about how they're preparing for a gender reveal party. And they're at their house with their sister, Nicole. And Nicole is, they explained last week that Nicole and um, Brittany's mother would be in Las Vegas. And basically, Nicole is down there to help her mother, their mother, after 
her burn from the house explosion. So <clears throat> the deal is that like Brittany and her sister are, I believe they're biological sisters. However, Nicole says that basically like her parents didn't have their shit together when they were raising Brittany. But by the time it got back, to, by the time she was born, like they kind of had things together. So they have very different relationships to their mother. So Brittany was saying that like she plans on, uh, having another talk with her mom to tell her, like, basically, like, just get everything out in the open and, you know, talk about past traumas and stuff like that. Um, Nicole, her sister, and Marcelino both kind of warn her against doing that. Nicole, I think, seems more concerned maybe that she'll, like, relapse or have, like, a slip-up um, if it's, like, too much emotion too soon, you know, this just gets to be overwhelming. Marcelino is concerned about Brittany adding too much stress to her pregnancy. Um, so Brittany meets her mom at the park and we find out that this is a park that Brittany, uh, basically lived in after she ran away from her mom, from her parents when they were 12, when she was 12. Um, and then she tells this horrifying story about like the father of her first two children, she met when she was 12 and he was 30. Disgusting. It's sick. And she goes on to tell her mom, she says that part of the talking head and she goes on to tell her mom, like, you know, I got caught up in this life. I was listening to people and doing things that I shouldn't have been doing, doing legal things for them because they convinced me that this was the right thing to be doing. You know, she's like, I was basically like way out of my league, hanging out with these like drug addled, you know, people who were more than twice my age. And I was just like basically directionless. I she's like, I just feel really, you know, like I, you know, I'm really bummed out about my past and they have a good conversation. And Brittany also says like, I understand that like you did not have good parents. And so it, you know, I understand that like you were not be able to be a parent to me the way that I needed you to be because you did not have that foundation yourself. Um, but they hug and they cry and she actually watches, walks her mom over to the like exact location. It's like a bunch of brush where she would sleep at night, camp out. She said she would hide under, you know, hide behind the bushes and like have, she had a, um, a sleeping bag and just sleep back there. And it was really sad, really sad to see. Um, but her mom apologizes and Brittany says, you know, like, I don't want you to apologize. It's just, you know just I just want to be able to say this to you and, and to move on so it seems like they're doing that um next we're gonna go with Cheryl and Josh Josh Cheryl calls Josh to tell her that she is in town um but that her car broke down a few miles away and that she needs to be picked up she and her son so Josh is outside of he's like in a mini mall or you know shopping mall or whatever and he goes into the laundromat to tell his mom that like oh we got to pick up uh, Cheryl because, um, you know, her car broke down. His mom named Tina is very anti Cheryl, very much, you know, like I'm not into y'all having this back and forth into the back of this drama. Like you guys fight all the time. You break up, you make up. I'm, and I'm not going to put up with it. She said, you guys have three days to live in my house. And that is it. Like I'm putting my foot down. I'm not having any of this drama in my house. You guys break up. That's your problem. After these three days, like you guys really got to get it together. 
Uh, otherwise, that's it. And Cheryl starts to pop off. And when Tina reminds Cheryl that Josh still needs to be home at nine o'clock, she's like, yeah, well, yeah. Why are you asking the fiance? Like, I'm stupid. Like, I don't know when to take my man home. We're like, okay. Keep in mind that apparently Cheryl's job, the Chiron that is listed is that she is like an intervention specialist, which would lead you to believe that she would be pretty trained in diffusing situations, um, you know, de-escalating situations, not like turning up because she asked you a simple thing to like, just be sure to bring my son home at the right time. Like she's allowed to say that you're living in her house. She just said that you were going to be making nice with her until you live there until you and you could break Josh free. And by the way, when they go to pick up Cheryl, so Cheryl says she had her car towed and that all her stuff was in it. They go to pick up Cheryl and they're standing outside of wherever her, wherever she was stranded from her three-year-old child is not wearing shoes. And then when we see the child walking around her son in the house, you can see that his feet are like black and dirty. What is this woman doing? I don't think Cheryl should have children. I'm, I'm concerned about what is going on with the parenting there. Keep in mind, this is only one of her three children that is with her. The other two are with her parents in Michigan. So Cheryl really needs to reprioritize. Um, next, we're going to go to Lacey, Shane, and John. Um, remember, they got into a fight the weekend or the episode before, and that Lacey drove off to try and try and find John. She discovers that he is back in jail. There's no bond. Um, he got caught with paraphernalia with, um, all kinds of drugs. So there's no getting out of it for him. So she gets home and she's in her signature blue maxi dress and, and mini backpack and they're outside and they're talking and she tells John, excuse me, what is his name? She, she tells Shane that, you know, like it's all over. And he's like, did he die? She's like, no, he's in jail. <laughs> um, but to be fair, the way she put it, it did sound like he may have passed away. Um, so they make up and they kiss. And I feel like Shane is being pretty mature. He apologizes for lashing out on her and says, you know, like, I just am not comfortable with having him in his life, in our lives. But like, then he says in the talking hand, it's like, well, he's gone now. So there's literally nothing that they can do. Um, he's not going to be a factor. And, you know, they kiss and they make promises of having a good life. And it's just very like, you know, a scene from the notebook. If Allie had lip fillers and Noah looked like one of the band members from crazy town. Do you remember that song butterfly? I just put this on my Twitter. Uh, it might be gone by the time, but I was thinking like, was Butterfly by Crazy Town like a bop? I think it was. <laughs> like, I think we kind of make fun of it, but honestly, that's like a great pop song. Where are my Crazy Town heads at? <laughs> um, then there was just like one of those interstitial uh, uh, clips of Lacey talking to one of her friends, and she tells her friend that she and Shane got matching tattoos of their names on their no-no parts. Shane or Lacey doesn't want to admit uh, what, where exactly she got it. But later she says it was her pelvis, which was enough information for me. I didn't need to know anymore. And I'm sure she said, 
my his name is much bigger on my body than it is on his which means like did he get it no nope okay nope nope okay back to Angela and Tony um it's the next day Angela has still kicked Tony out he's now sleeping in the back of her old gold Corolla or whatever Toyota it is um he she comes out and honestly she's never looked better she's on her way to work she's in like nice turquoise um scrubs she's got her glasses on bun her makeup's done I was gonna say her face was beat but it wasn't she did have makeup on (laughs) but honestly she looked nice on truly the best I've ever seen her look on television he begs her to come inside he's like please just let me take a shower I love you baby please let me take a shower I love you I love you so much. I want this to work. Can I brush my teeth? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I gotta go to work. Blah, blah, blah. So he's, like, trying to manipulate her. He's such a lazy thing. Like, he just keeps repeating the same thing. I love you so much. I want to make this work. You look so beautiful. Like, it's just, he he knows the lines. He knows, like, four things that he can say over and over and over and over until she, it's finally beaten to her head. It's so psychotic to watch because he's not even a good manipulator he's not even good like he's so obvious and stupid that it makes it's infuriating that Angela the mental health professional the counselor continues to step into his web of lies it's wild to me anyway she lets him come into the house she said you know do what you gotta do get ready for work whatever take a shower brush your teeth but you have to be gone by five when I get back home. Um, the next scene we see with them is she's with her sister, Donna Faye, and Tony's not there, but she is a talk. Donna Faye is really just getting it to her and saying, you know, what is your deal? She said, I know, <laughs> like, I'm not even going to bullshit you. Like, I know that Tony is going to weasel his way back into this house. And so... You really need to get your life together and (laughs) to let go for good. Angela says that he makes her life and that he loves her to the best of her ability, best of his ability. She's like, not everybody can love properly. And like, he's just doing the best he can. Ugh, girl. Ugh, child, the emotional ghetto. And that's, I mean, come on, girl. Next, we're going to go to Clint and Tracy. Clint rolls up to his parents' house and tells his mom, Alice, that Tracy is in jail for meth possession. Um, Alice is upset because she says that she started to trust Tracy and that she was really hopeful that she would get her life together. And she was like, but she promised. I'm like, oh, so, you know, that's not how that works. But anyway, Kendall walks in. And I notice that he keeps talking, Kendall walks in, Kendall is his father, and then he reiterates the story, Tracy's in jail. He never once tells them on camera that he also was arrested. Not at all. He puts it all on her, which I think is really unfair. And he, Kendall, his dad is like, well, yeah, I mean, what did you expect? This is not the first time she's been to jail. Clint says, I told myself that on the third time, which is not what he said at first, like, the first time he got her out of jail, he's like, you go back to jail again, we're not making this happen. I'm breaking up with you immediately. And then she goes back to jail again while they're breaking up, while they're together. This is now the third bid, he says, that he's had to go through with her. And he's like, but I just I just can't help it. She's my goddess. 
she's my love, my wife, and I just can't, like, let go of her, I mean, truly, Clint's dad's, like, are you, he's literally slapping his hand on his head, like, when are you going to get it, (laughs) it's so funny, um, but, you know, Clint loves his goddess, and I hope to find a man that loves me in the way that Clint does, and by that I mean, completely delusional and unworthy and a guy that just lets me act like an absolute monster and he loves me anyway this is the, this is the only ways I'm gonna have a healthy relationship and I guess that's why I'm not in one I guess we'll go to the next couple um gosh is that it Sarah Michael and Megan hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, we are still with Michael and Rock, uh, the friend that kissed slash maybe had sex with Megan. They're still outside of, of, um, Michael's like, um, whatever country and in suites, wherever he's staying. Um, and they're having a a one-on-one and Michael's like, well, I think this is really flawed behavior. He's, he tells us that like they sold drugs together. They ran from the cops together. They have a really good rapport. So we've never had an issue before this. And this is just like not G code. And I get that kind of, (laughs) kind of, um, it's hard because Michael's such a hypocrite. Like, he is allowed to do whatever he wants, but, like, every woman in his life has to be absolutely perfect. Otherwise, like, you're not going to be riding for me. Like, you're not there for me, and I can't trust you. Okay. But you had a whole marriage and another child on the way. But I guess Megan's not the trustworthy one. Okay. So, Rock comes inside. Megan's been inside this whole time to let them have their man-and-man talk. Rock comes inside and is like, Megan, like, I just want you to know like I have feelings for you and I really want to make this work and Megan's like but we already had this conversation I told you that like basically you were just in there to like be a comfort to me while Michael was in jail and that that was just the end the end of our relationship the beginning of the end and Rock says once again that they slept together and Megan's like not a chance that that happened she tells the talking head that um, she's never slept with rock. She's never slept with anybody aside from Michael. And that that's it. <clears throat> she didn't really seem to get upset about it, which I think is, I, I'm going to give a little, not a point to Michael, but I, I will side with Michael on that is that I still don't think that she's really telling me the truth. Do you deserve the truth? Yes. I think everybody deserves to be honest. Like, we, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any, like, 
I think there are very few situations where people like don't deserve to hear the truth. But I think if I think this is not one of them. Um, so then Rock leaves because she's done with him. They're both done with him. And <laughs> then they have this conversation. He's like, I don't like that you went to look through my phone. Like you could just ask me anything that you want to know. She's like, do you have, are you talking to other women? He's like, yeah, I'm talking to females. I'm entertaining females. Michael is one of those guys that says females. He said, I get that I heard her in the past, you know, I got married, but I don't like what she did with my homeboy. I don't like the lies that were told when I was in jail. <laughs> okay. Um, and he says that his forever partner is going to be loyal to him. Megan breaks it down and says like, you can't just be out here. Like you can't be trying to make things work with me while also giving pieces of yourself to other women. And I need you to be monogamous. And if that's not going to work, like I'm not going to be part of a polygamous situation. I'm not going to be part of your harem. And I feel you on that. Um, then we go to Sarah and CrossFit Katy Perry, her friend Emmy, and they're out for girls night. Sarah says this is the first time that they've been single and friends at the same time. And so this is like a really monumental night for them. Emmy is so hype to get Sarah some other D and there's some guy who comes up who looks like. Emmy refers to him as ludicrous, which I think she just means that he was like the same color as ludicrous because he literally doesn't look like him at all. If anything, he looked kind of like Yasser Lester, <laughs> which was an interesting choice. Um, uh, so his name was Nate and he walks up to them at the bar. She's ordering, Sarah's ordering shots. And he was like, well, I'll pay for whatever shots they just ordered. He's being really flirtatious. And by that, I mean, he clearly sees the camera and like wants to be on camera. Like if this wasn't a guy that they hired, he was clearly somebody who was like so interested in like getting that screen time. So they're at the bar, they're talking, he's like giving her all the like cheesy, smooth talk bullshit. And then as they leave, he's like, oh, well, can I get your number? She gives him his number, her number. And then he like eats her face. It was so gross. <laughs> he truly eats her face. Um, then we get our last scene of the episode. It was, it was Michael brushing his teeth, but he's talking to somebody. He's got somebody on speakerphone. The speakerphone says lady. So they're talking. Apparently a lady lives in Miami. He's like, oh, did you work out tonight? Like, oh, I hope you relieve some stress. Like, I'll be there to help you relieve the rest of that stress. And I, I can't wait to be on the beach in Miami with you and see you in that bikini. Why don't you send me some pics, girl? Like, ugh, so gross. I can't believe people still talk like this. It's really gross. Um, The comment of the night that fucking slayed me is that he not only does he say when somebody betrays me I'm in, I'm immediately not attracted to them talking about um referring to Megan okay um and then he goes Aretha Franklin you know like that song what's love got to do with it which is a Tina Turner song he said I'm starting to get that now I'm like first of all Tina Turner and what's love got to do with it is about leaving an abusive situation it's not about like whatever it is that you think you're doing. <laughs> I'm 
So whatever, you guys. Um, and that, I think, is the end of Love After Lockup. you guys, that's it for me um, for today. I will be back later this week with a Love After Lockup recap. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love y'all. Bye.